Do your friends tell you you should start your own podcast? Or are you the friend that has a great idea for a show but don't know how to get it started? Now's the time to take it to the next level with Self Made, the podcast edition. Podcast One and Launchpad One are giving you the opportunity to become the next great podcaster. Compete for a year-long contract worth $100,000 with Podcast One, the biggest podcast network in the business. If you have an existing podcast or you're looking to start your own, Self Made is for you. Open submissions are happening now through September 3rd. Go to launchpad1.com slash selfmade to learn more. See official rules and sign up for your chance to win. That's launchpadone.com slash selfmade. Who are you texting? My therapist. You text with your therapist? Text, video chat, call? Yep, that sounds too easy. How did you find her? I just went to betterhelp.com slash save. She's a licensed therapist and it's all online. I connect when it's convenient for me and don't waste time driving anywhere. Plus, it's affordable. I wonder if I should try it. It's great to talk to someone in confidence. She's helped me sort out quite a few things. And right now you save 10% off the first month when you go through betterhelp.com slash save. Betterhelp.com slash save. Got it. Uh, today on the Callahan podcast, well, we all knew, we all knew that there was no hate crime down at Talladega. Some of us pretended, you know, there might be because that was the safe thing to do. Some drivers ran behind uh, Bubba Smollett's car and played along. But uh, leave it to the FBI. Fifteen FBI agents headed down to Talladega and they cracked the case in two days. And it turned out to be just a rope with loop in it. They used to Pull down the garage door, but uh, we will play you some reaction. Let me tell you, Jesse, I mean, Bubba and Jamel Hill and, and, and Al Sharpton, they are doubling down. They are not giving up, uh, even though we know there was no hate crime. Also today, Jimmy Kimball. Will he get canceled? I don't think he will, even though he's done blackface, even though he said some real racist things. He does one thing better than most and it's the one thing that can save you from the cancel culture he hates donald trump that helps that helps just ask roseanne uh plus the boston globe has finally finally covered the david Ortiz story we'll give you all the details on that tom shattuck is here today i'm jerry callahan this is the callahan podcast brought to you as always by our friends at dcu digital federal credit union whether you're buying your first home, your dream home, or looking to refinance the home you love, DCU may have the mortgage program to fit your needs. More importantly, your budget. Their mortgage experts will walk you through the application process and help you remove the hurdles that can make it a difficult and confusing process. They'll bring you right up to the front steps of home ownership. Learn more about rates and programs or to apply today at dcu.org slash mortgage. DCU is a Equal housing lender, NMLS number 466-914, insured by NCUA, membership required. All right, Cullinane, let's do this. This is the Jerry Callahan Podcast. I know what you guys are thinking. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking I'm going to start right out, take my victory lap, take a bow, say I was right, say, you know, Dale Arnold and uh, so many others, uh, Portnoy, El Prez, say they were wrong. They were uh, they were pandering to the mob. But you know what? In this case, I think I think I speak for both you guys. Tom Shattuck's here. Colin A's here. It didn't take much much thought didn't take much of a brain to know that there was no noose, that there was no hate crime in, in, in Bubba Wallace's also known as, uh, as Bubba Smollett's 
uh, garage. I mean, it was silly from the start. It was it was silly watching the other drivers push the car. They they don't believe him. They don't think there was a noose. They know there wasn't a noose. They had the same rope with the same loop as he did. Everyone just played along. And when you look back now and see that the stunt, see the performance from this guy and all the, you know, the useful idiots in the media, it's just comical. I mean, we knew this day was coming when he would be exposed, when the whole thing would be exposed. We didn't think it'd be this quick. But honestly, I think, I mean, a, a total moron could see this wasn't a hate crime. Why did everybody, I shouldn't say everybody, because we didn't go along. Why did so many people go along with the Shattuck? Why did it become, you know, another national incident, another indictment done on a group, indictment on on NASCAR at this point? You know, the, that, those guys that had Confederate flags up till two weeks ago, those racists. I mean, there was a stereotype of them, and this seemed to affirm it, confirm it. And all these media fools, all the usual suspect, Al Sharpton and uh, – and, uh, and Jamel Hill just ran with it. It, it. I mean, and and guess what? It was all on video and audio. We have the tape. We have the sound, and we'll play it for you. And it was a piece of string. So the NASCAR statement, because we're still hearing people call it a news, the, the NASCAR statement says um, the garage door pull rope fashioned like a noose. So in other words, it had a had a loop in it, is what they're saying. Right. <laughs> it's not also, it, it couldn't. I, I could hang one of my chickens with that uh, loop. Yeah. It's not a noose. It doesn't cinch closed when you pull it like a noose does. It's simply a piece of rope. We all knew it was a piece of rope. It's just freaking hilarious. But by the way, Jerry, I've been on social media. You and I are still racists because we didn't wait until the investigation was right to come to that conclusion. So I'm, I'm amazed. I'm, I shouldn't be amazed, but I'm amazed on Twitter when I've tweeted about it uh, in the last whatever uh, twenty hours or so. How many people are saying, you know, you, that here's here's the latest narrative, and we'll get to all the sound. It's funny. Yeah, we got it. It's comical. But the latest narrative I'm getting is Jesse. I mean, sorry, Bubba. <laughs> Bubba didn't know. He's an unwitting victim. He's still a victim. And I'm watching the performance he put on with The View, with Don Lemon, with uh, the crowd, the fans. With he, he literally cried openly for the cameras. That guy is not a victim. That guy is not an unwitting, an unwit, unwitting party here. He, you can't watch it and think that he really believed that this was a noose. First of all, he never even asked to see it. You find that believable that the guy, they told him, someone said they hung a noose in your garage. He never saw it. He never asked to see it. He never saw a picture of it. That That is not believable. He is not credible. He is, in my mind, he's not as guilty as Jussie because he didn't stage it, but he ran with it, man. He, he, he ran with it. See it. He didn't have to see it from somebody he trusts, by the way, too. Like, if my buddy was like, hey, there's a noose at your walker, I'd be like, what? What are you talking about? Let me see the damn well, yeah, First question you ask, can I see it? Let me yeah. see it. Go right. like, run over and look. I mean, this is, a, in his <laughs> mind, a hate crime. You know, this is a threat to him, and he didn't ask to see it. And by the way, you mentioned this, and and, and, and it's, it's funny watching – Reading Jamel Hill has a tweet last night said it's still a noose. She, <laughs> has she seen the picture? The loop. Oh, if, you're, if you're watching on Facebook Live, the loop is this big. As you said, it couldn't get, barely get around the neck of a chicken. It's not a noose. <laughs> it's, a, 
<laughs> That's not what she said. She tweeted it period was period a period news all capitalized. That means something very different than what you said, Jerry. But that, I'll, that, I'm going to defend my friend Jesse Smollett, uh, Jerry, and um, two things. One, Bubba essentially stole Jesse's speech that he's not going to bend to the dark forces and that he's going to fight on and they're not going to keep him down and that he was going to fight the power of pernicious racism. That's all. That's out of Jesse's playbook. But Jesse at least had the respect for us, the audience, to beat himself up a little bit or have somebody, you know, <laughs> yeah. smack him around a little bit. They, this, the, the tuna sub remained unscathed, but that, you know, that's beside the point. They, they both cried. I'll give them that. They both cried on cue, and neither of them had a reason to. I mean, uh, the idea, and, and I, I again, I hate to pick on my old friend Dale, but Dale tweeted, you know, how wonderful it was that they did that stunt that where they pushed the car, and he cried. And he went, and Dale fell for it all, and then – I called him out on Twitter and he said he'll, you know, he'll change his mind or whatever change his stance if the evidence comes out that it was not a noose. And he did. He said, you know, he was wrong, but he still believes Jesse. I mean, Bubba, he still believes Bubba. Uh, You can't believe Bubba. I'm sorry. I got a lot of this last night. People, friends of mine and, and, you know, and trolls saying Bubba had nothing to do with this. He didn't put it there. But again, watch the performance. Listen to the words. You will. They will not break me. I mean, honestly, he he's a he's a grown man who drives a car two hundred miles an hour. You'd think he'd have some, you know, some spine, some sack, saying, crying openly because allegedly someone hung a piece of rope in his garage. Which every one of the drivers, by the way, that pushed the car, every one of the drivers who hugged him for that photo op, yes, knew it wasn't a noose. You know, of that's course. A, of course. Can, can we play? Can you find the original? Take on this day from Jesse um, Bubba, who went through the whole thing about how, you know, they th- this will not break me. I'll be stronger than ever. I'll come back. I'll show you. He he went through this whole performance knowing there was no hate crime, knowing there was no secret little racist ninja who snuck in and hung the thing in the, in the garage. He knew that. And he said he made a conscious decision to milk it for all it was worth. That's the best thing. The nicest thing you could say about him is he ran with it and capitalized on it. And as you tweeted, or maybe you just uh, texted it to me, his merchandise sold out in a day. Everyone was buying Bubba Wallace shirts and hats. Uh, and he was <laughs> celebrating. I haven't seen that anywhere else. You're the only one who picked up on that, but he went no. on view. He went on Don Lemon. He, 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 he talked to anybody who put a microphone in his face and he, and he he's still doing it. We can get to this, too. But after after he was exposed as a fraud, after the noose was not and we learned the noose was not a noose. We learned the obvious, the inevitable. He he went on and started saying it's still a noose. It's still Jussie. I mean, Bubba, not just Al Sharpton. Bubba himself said he believes it's still a noose. Right. And B- Bubba didn't go to anybody who would hear him, Jerry. He went to The View. And he went to Don Lemon. Now, Fox News would be where the NASCAR people are probably spending their time digesting news. He did not go on Fox News. And also, when he's on Don Lemon, we'll hear this. Don Lemon said, oh, I cried when I saw everybody pushing your car. And and, and, uh, Bubba said, yeah, Don, well, look at me. You saw me crying, right? Yeah, we all saw you crying, Bubba. We get it. You know, you were all in on the uh, ad campaign for your merch and for your career 
you know, using the, uh, the, the tailwinds of the Black Lives Matter movement and everything that's happening here. But there was never any all you have to do is have lived a life and known people who are full of bleep to see that this guy was lying, that he was here's, not telling here's, the truth. It here's is- him last last night. If you hadn't seen it late last night, I mean, we, we got sound from him with Don Lemon, which is comical. He says, quote, it was a noose, whether it was tied in 2019 or whatever. It was a noose. So it wasn't directed at me, but someone tied a noose. That's what I'm saying. That That's him last night. After he was exposed, after the whole thing was was debunked, it's not something. I, I talked to my crew chief about. It. I said, I said, is this something like I, I wanted to make sure we weren't jumping the gun? And I said, this isn't a, a not. This isn't just a regular old what you call. It. He's like, Bubba, this isn't something that can be done within a second of just tying a knot and being on the way. This so, is something that took time. So, what are you saying here? Are you do you, are you saying that you? Don't believe. Do you, do you believe that it was intended for you in in that way, or are you? What are you saying here? It, it was a noose. It was a noose that was either whether tied in twenty nineteen or, or whatever. It was a noose. So it wasn't directed at me, but somebody tied a noose. That's what I am saying. Mm-hmm. It, it, wow. it was a noose. It was. It is a noose. Dramatic pause. It was a noose. Everything he does, Dave, I don't know if you've watched some of his interviews. Everything he does is dramatic. Everything he does is a performance. People aren't aware of this because they no one knew who he was. I didn't know. But when I saw the, if if you see the view interview, if you see the performance along the the fence with all the fans, I mean, he is a performer. And maybe that's good if, you know, he's not making stuff up and making him play in the victim card or should I say playing. Uh, driving the race card as it um, get it driving the race card. Um, anyway, he, um, uh, everything he does is a performance and I don't know who's advising him, but when they put out that statements and they use the word noose, they were just kind of trying to soften the blow saying, yeah, I guess it was a noose. Technically it's a rope with a loop in it, but it's not designed to hang people. It's designed to pull a garage door down exactly. and everybody knows it. Exactly. If you put a pangolin in that noose, if one can fit in there, as the as the garage door you know moves, he's going to be on the ground anyway. It's very ineffective when you have a noose with a per- where the whatever you can put in it can stand up, you know, or sit down well in it. It's it's just such craziness, and nobody believes that it's a freaking noose, a length of rope. But I guarantee you, they're going to ban him. NASCAR will ban using rope for garage door. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I guess you can make a different kind of knot in it, but it's a knot with a loop. It's a rope with a loop. And there's not a lot of pictures, but you could find it. If you look online, you'll find a, a photo of it and it's hanging there. And it's like designed to put a hand into, you know, it's not designed right. to put a head into the rope. I mean, Oh, but that's not even the first one. Remember, I, mean, I don't think I don't think you could get that noose over Shattuck's big toe. Just no. to guess. And no. remember, Jerry, I I, I had uh, tweeted out yesterday. There was another noose found at another track this weekend that literally was twine. They found some twine in a tree, and they said that's another noose. Twine is not an effective noose. You know, all of these things that aren't nooses are not nooses. And only a noose is a noose. And the fact that we have to say this and media types are still upset, you know, because a a perfect, a perfect promotional campaign for this movement has now just been deflated here is absolutely crazy. 
And looking back again, I know you guys, I know Cullinane was ready to take a victory lap and take a bow. And I know we're going to talk about it and, and, and point out that we were all right here, but no, I wasn't take, right. I wasn't right yesterday. You, you said, well, it depends. It depends. I mean, when you, when you talk about the media reacting, the media falling for it, that was predictable, but so was the, 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 you know, the results of the FBI investigation. By the way, quick aside, 15 FBI agents mm-hmm. went to Talladega. 15? You know what? Forget defunding the police. How about we defund this, this, this branch of the FBI that sends 15 guys to investigate a rope with a little loop into it? What did they do aside from getting some good barbecue, maybe see well, a race? <laughs> well, they, they probably all said to themselves on the plane on the way down there, so, guys, this probably is not going to be a noose. Let's brainstorm on how we can make this seem noosey uh, just a little bit so that we don't, uh, you know, drop this guy in his head here because we right. want to make sure that uh, NASCAR and this beautiful event is not seen as the incredible fraud that it was. So I'm sure they just brainstormed the, the wording of this uh, letter that the, the statement that talks about the noose-like rope that was – it was something was hung there at least in 2019. So uh, there was something, but it could not have been his. I don't know. I think that you're not shocked at all that quote the investigations of both NASCAR and FBI. Like you're not shocked that they just didn't cover this up. That they just didn't kind of like sweep it. I'm kind of shocked by that. No. Yeah, I'm surprised they did it so quickly yeah. because it was on everybody's mind. And but, I thought it would take. I mean, how long did Jesse Smollett take to get exposed? It took. You know, it took. The Duke rape case, what, uh, a long time because, you know, they had to get the ruin these guys' lives before they actually exposed the the lie. Um, But here's the special agent in charge, Johnny Sharp. Special agent in charge. In charge of what? Looking at a rope with a loop in it and saying that's not a noose? Honest to God, you couldn't send two guys, three guys? I'll bet you some of these FBI guys – on their bucket list was going to Talladega. There's probably some Southern guys, some some race fans said, you know what? Can I go too? Yeah, why not? You know, we bring out the uh, the company card. The, it's on the taxpayers. Let's go down there and have some fun. Anyway, they spent 10 minutes investigating. They le- looked at the rope. They said, obviously, it's not a noose. Obviously, this guy is putting us all on, playing us all. But the release says 15 special <laughs> agents conducted numerous interviews regarding the situation. After a thorough review of the facts, the evidence surrounding this event, we've concluded that there's no federal crime. And they go on to mention a um, – it says the FBI – NASCAR is the one that released the, the, the statement about Bubba. said uh, the FBI determined that Bubba Wallace was not a victim of a hate crime. Um It says the FBI report concludes and photographic evidence confirms that the garage door pull fashioned like a noose had been there since early last fall, well before the team, Bubba's team, arrived for its garage assignment. We appreciate the FBI's quick and thorough investigation and thankful to learn this was not an intentional racist act against Bubba. Which is all which is all you need. That's it. Like the story's over. You know, we, we, we don't need to call it a noose. We don't need to debate whether it's a noose or not. It's a hate crime didn't occur. Close, right. Case closed. You know, Ellie Duncan oh. is tweeting out there still. And Jamel Hill. Case closed. See you well, yeah, FBI at some point must have said to NASCAR, why the hell did you call us? 
you called us for the string that pulls the door. And at some point, you know, still media types are saying, you know, the investigation is ongoing. Yeah, yeah, I bet it is. And it's not looking good for uh, Bubba in NASCAR to bring. I mean, he's he's the thing is, I know that Don Lemon and there'll be media people and whoever, probably uh, Max Kellerman will say, you know, I still believe Bubba. I still think it was. But not one of the other drivers, not one of the pit crews, you know, the mechanics, the guys that take those tires off really freaking fast. Not one of them thinks this was a noose. Not one of them thinks it was a hate crime. They all think Bubba is today is a uh, drama queen. Would you agree? They yeah. all think Bubba is Jussie, who put them on, used them. I mean, I've seen that video of him hugging all the other guys and crying and wiping tears and waving the crowd like six times this morning. It gets funnier every time. But what's, right. he, like, what's he pissed about? He starts off the interview. I can play it if you want. He starts out the interview yesterday by saying, I'm pissed. Well, at what? You you weren't a victim of a hate crime. Uh, even if the, like, uh, the noose was there months ago, the noose, by the way, the rope was there months ago. What are you mad about? Like, what? I don't even understand it anymore. Not only is the rope there months ago, but he's photographed next to it. You know, he has spent a lot of time next to that rope, the rope uh, garage door thing and had no problem with it at all. But but no, I think he certainly expected this to be the next stage. But they already got there. They led with the ceremony, ceremonial performance art. And that was the big hit for NASCAR, which NASCAR loved. And so this is kind of just housekeeping now. You know, oh, okay, the FBI said it was a new kind of new seat, but it really wasn't. But, you know, the bigger lesson is, and then gullible media people will buy right into it. And who, I mean, right now, more than ever, this is working, still working out for him. I do think that in the next days and weeks, that this guy's going to be out of the business. I do think that he's going to get screwed because he's, he's, he didn't think this through well enough and if you saw don lemon last night don lemon did a lot of pr for him last night but don lemon did not uh, believe a word he heard it's kind of like the red Sox with uh tory hunter you know sam kennedy with tory hunter they don't believe him but they have to play along because they you know for political reasons pr reasons they say you know his that stuff happens they don't say what he alleged happened they just say you know, those things happen. Look, we had seven people complain about racist comments in the stands. The ones, the one Tory Hunter uh, made up didn't happen. They know it didn't happen, but they want you to believe it happens just to kind of soften the blow and not appear like they are, uh, are, are, are too cynical or, or, you know, on, on my side or on, uh, on Minahan's side. They're on, you know, they're on Tory's side. But you mentioned Colin and you mentioned L. Duncan. She's, Used to be at Nesson in uh, New England. She's at ESPN. She said last week that she had to leave Boston because it was so racist and had a bunch of anecdotes about people, you know, harassing her and her husband. And people like Elle were saying, you know, why can't you just believe us? And my response is always, I can believe some people. Give me the individual. Give me the story. And I'll, I'll tell you whether I believe it. Obviously, Tory Hunter is not believable. You don't believe him. I don't. No one does. Um, I, I have my doubts about Adam Jones. L. Duncan, I'd have to go through each of her accusations. There, there's They're too believable. many. It is what it is. They're one-off cases that are believable, so right. it's fine. Right. It's not. And it's, talking you know, about like not- coming to a restaurant, people look at you. Maybe they're looking at you because you're famous and you're on TV. Anyway, she tweets as you mentioned, Dave. She said, "Sad to have to even say this, but Bubba remains a victim in this. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't find, report, or announce the news of the news. 
NASCAR did. And if you're delighting in this because it wasn't a hate crime, think about what that says about you. Relief is the proper response, not smugness. Um, L, you know what the proper response is? You were wrong. That's what it should be. You know, like like Dale Arnold said, you were wrong. You fell for it. You believed him. He is not a victim here. I don't how, see how you can watch him on The View or watch him now on Don Lemon and think he was a victim. He knew, uh, by the way, when he keeps calling it a noose and, uh, and, and, and Jamel Hill or Al Sharpton calls it a noose, do they think every garage has a noose? Because it wasn't just his garage. All the other drivers, I don't know how many garages there are, you know, a hundred. <laughs> Does he think every garage in Talladega has a noose? Right. Of course. Yes. And that's why all of the strings will be gone in a couple of weeks from now. And that'll be a new NASCAR thing. But L Duncan, I've, I have no idea anything about her. But no, for her to say people are being smug, that's wrong. She was propagating racially charged uh, falsehoods. Right. And she was a collaborator and an activist in this in a, in a time when the country doesn't need any more racially charged uh, falsehoods in a, in a time when we're very susceptible to uh, to violence when there's uh, when there's rioting happening in the streets and she just to feel good or to uh, to to for some kind of gain emotionally or otherwise propagated a falsehood. So there's a time when that happens and you're part of this and you're one of the authors of this thing, which she was. There's a time when it gets disproven that you have to eat. And this is her time and everybody else's time who was behind this. Nah, not not going to happen. It was an it. Uh, let me make this clear, Tom. It period was period a period news period. That's Jamel Hill. That clown. That's her response. It was a new what? It was a noose. Have you seen it? Have you even read up? I have. Jamel. Jerry, if you look at social media this morning. There aren't too many voices on the national networks who are staying on the story now. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Flagship Wealth. We're living in crazy economic times, job changes, job losses. You may have a 401k out there that's not being actively managed. Well, Flagship Wealth has a free report called Managing Your Money in Retirement. Dave, give our listeners some idea about what's inside the guide. Jerry, in these crazy economic times, it's important to take control of your retirement. Now, is this booklet the end-all, be-all for retirement planning? The answer is no, but it's a start. And I think one of the major pieces in this piece, if you will, is concerning your inventory. And a number of your listeners out there right now have left their 401ks, their 403bs at former employers and have no idea how they're invested, if they're in cash, if they're ultra-aggressive, who the beneficiaries are. More importantly, can they get access to it that they could within an IRA account? So again, the bottom line is they get their hands on the book, take control of your retirement now. Now is not the market to let things go unguided. Get the free report by going to flagshipwealth.com slash retirement or click the link in our show notes. That's flagshipwealth.com slash retirement to learn more and get a copy of the free guide, Manage Your Money in Retirement. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA slash SIPC. And it just tells you all you need to know that NBC News, NBC News, you know, the legacy media, NBC News had to bring in Al Sharpton to talk about this, who I believe may have knowledge of hate of fake hate crimes. In fake, yes, he's, he's it. Well, you bring in an expert when you have a story right. like this, Chad. You bring in an expert on hate crime, fake, I'm sorry, fake hate crimes. Al Sharpton knows his stuff. 
But you want to hear? Do you want to hear from yeah. Al? Can we hear yeah. from uh, the Rev right now? News that someone didn't place it into his stall specifically as the only full-time black driver in NASCAR who pushed to have those Confederate flags removed from NASCAR events, and NASCAR did take that step last week. But it does appear there was a noose, as the FBI is calling it, placed in that garage last fall. The FBI identified it as a noose. NASCAR. Uh, said it was a noose or went along with the FBI's characterization. It was a noose. So the question is, even if they did not know that Bubba Wallace was going to use that stall, why was a noose in the stall? It's clear what a noose represents. And I think to, to go whether or not they knew that sooner or later the one black driver would use that stall really doesn't answer why it was in the stall at all. And then did someone know that it was in the stall when they did belatedly assign Bubba there? So I don't think this answers a lot of questions. And clearly from what we just saw of Bubba Wallace, it does not seem he, who is the victim and possible target in this matter, seems to be satisfied with this. So I do not think that we've seen closure in this particular uh, inquiry. I like that. Uh, That's priceless. That is a wood. That is an NBC employee, a host on NBC, a television host, news host, saying Bubba's the victim. Um, for you to say it is a noose, like Jamel Hill said and uh, Sharpton said and others, that means someone fashioned a noose to make a statement, uh, to uh, uh, commit a hate crime. So then this wouldn't be over. The FBI wouldn't be done with their junket. It'd still be there, right? If it is a noose. Well, it's not over It's not over to NASCAR. They're still going to go with it. They're still investigating it. They are? are. They, yeah. Yes. No, they, NASCAR, NASCAR said that, they were going to stay on this. Uh, yeah. the, the, the clever and subtle racists who decided last year or even earlier, hey, Bill, you know what we'll do on a miniature level, level here? We'll play the long game. We'll tie this miniature non-noose that looks enough like a noose, and maybe someday in the future, a black driver will be here, and it will, uh, you know, <laughs> unleash a series of events, you know, to cause mayhem on this earth. It's like I don't. Would uh, it be easier just to paint something on the wall? I mean, I, I don't know. It just seems like fashion a noose, put it on. Well, you know what? Shop is missing the point. There was one of these nooses on every garage, so the chances of Bubba getting a garage with a noose were really good. Really well, good. No, those other ones were uh, string handles. This one was a noose. Bubba's was a noose. Oh, right. They were string handles. But you're right. Now they're going to have at the bottom, they're going to have some different shape loop just because they don't want to deal with this anymore. But it must have been funny in those meetings, those NASCAR meetings. You know, I'm about worried about the, the PR and the, you know, the reaction saying, okay, let's call it a noose. Even though we know it's not a noose and it's not a hate crime. We'll call it a noose. I mean, but it's not a noose. It's it's a loop in the rope. Uh, anyway, I want to get to uh, to the con- I want to get to Don Lemon with uh, Bubba with Jesse because it's funny and it's I mean it, it's more evidence that this guy was playing us all. The, the these people like lots of people who like Dale and friends of mine and uh, and uh, L Duncan who said that uh, that Bubba's a victim. They got to they got to get updated on this. They got to watch him and listen to him and then uh, and then tell me he's a victim. But do we have the compilation of the media when this thing broke? 
talk about predictable. It is, it, it, I, 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 I got an analogy for you. Pretend, picture this, Shattuck or Dave, you're, you're at work and, uh, at your desk, you leave some, uh, I don't know, some money on it. Or maybe I'll, I'll make it so Shattuck will understand. You leave, I don't know, uh, your lunch, you leave a really good, you know, steak and cheese sub. Ooh. And then you come back and it's not there and you are just pissed and you're saying, who's the thief? And you're looking at everybody at work. Who stole that? Who stole my 20 bucks? And you're pissed and you're stomping around and you're telling people, someone stole my money. Someone stole my sub. And then, you know, 10 minutes later, you look over in uh, your bag, uh, your your briefcase, and there's the sub. And you say, oh, I forgot I put it in there. Now, you're glad because there's not a thief in your midst, right? You feel silly, but you're glad there's no thief. No one stole your money or your steak and cheese sub. You say, oh, good. Uh, there's no uh, evil racist in the stalls at NASCAR right now. I mean, if there is, they're not acting out. So there's nobody who made a noose, nobody who committed a hate crime. That should be a good thing, right? That should be like you should be, oh, thank God. We don't have to right. find some crazy racist driver who snuck. I can't even think of another driver. Jimmy Johnson didn't sneak in there like the little racist ninja in uh, hanga hanga noose. So that's good, right? Tell me any of these people are happy that the story, that the narrative uh, uh, fell apart. They're, 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 they're so disappointed that they don't have a real hate crime. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, real racist white redneck NASCAR guys. That's what they were hoping for. Those Confederate flag waving uh, troglodytes. They wanted them to be, the Klansmen that they think they are and they're not. And they're really, really disappointed. Yeah, no, it was perfect. A horrible incident, a horrifying, racist, jarring, disturbing, heinous, perverted, ugly, cowardly, dreadful, hateful, stunning, shocking, appalling, disgusting reminder of who, again, this sport is for. A noose found in the garage stall of Bubba Wallace. Obviously this is completely appalling, but do you think it's surprising? No, it's not surprising at all. And NASCAR is often considered a sport that is tethered to white folk, tethered to the South. The Confederate flag in a sport that is overwhelmingly white and certainly dominant among Southerners. And NASCAR has been trying to somewhat move away from it. And I say somewhat in kind of air quotes. They were going to remove Confederate imagery. Uh, to think that that's going to happen in a span of two weeks after all that NASCAR has, has been for all of its existence. Um, is foolish. <laughs> I mean, my cynicism and sadness is that it's just not shocking to anybody. As much as NASCAR may try to distance itself from that, it's a living, breathing part of their sport. We need to understand <laughs> that racism continues to be the underbelly of American society. I mean, th- this happens in the year 2020 is just beyond belief. Let's just remember that until the last two weeks, NASCAR endorsed and embraced this sort of of performative racism week in and week out by embracing and wrapping itself in the Confederate flag. Hey, that, you sensing any confirmation by attacking there, Jerry? <laughs> that, that is so well done. That's from Grabian, and that is so perfect. That yeah. is that is your media. That includes, you know, the always the ever credible Brian Williams. That includes uh Andrea Mitchell, Jamel Hill, um uh, uh, sorted talking heads on MSNBC and CNN, all so, so, so happy that there right. was no hate crime, aren't they? Oh, 
I mean, this is a, a terrible thing for for them now. Obviously, that it's come. Yeah, it was perfect because there with NASCAR, you got you have fat white men. I mean, that is exactly that's the problem with the country, right? Those are the exact people who obviously those are Trump fans. They have it in their system. The same people who were watching Roseanne when it came back for a bit before they snuffed out her show quickly enough. Um, but you know what else, Jerry? You, this is not victimless. If you're any entry level person who works at Talladega or in who has access to those buildings, NASCAR still contends that there was a noose. So you're suspect now. So all these other crews are suspect, you know, and nobody that's has just, that's just playing along. That's just that's just playing the game from NASCAR's point of view. They're just trying to gently just gently. gently? No, they're saying that somebody stole somebody stole something. You know, I'm, I'm sorry. They're not saying somebody stole something. They're saying somebody did this and somebody put a threat. It, it was a weird wording uh, that they they made with, when they did refer to a noose when there's no noose. I mean, it was just silly, like the right. And I guess that's what Sharpton and others are, are running with, and, and Jamel Hill. But it falls apart. I mean, you can't uh, take it to the next step. So someone made a noose in 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 effect to make a statement, you know, to commit a hate crime. That doesn't work. There's one of these nooses in every garage, and it's a little tiny noose, and it's designed for pulling the garage. I mean, it doesn't, you can't take it to the next logical step. And it doesn't stop people like Sharpton, but it's, it just doesn't work. I mean, Bubba Wallace knows as well as everyone, as well as anyone. And I think he knew from the start it wasn't a noose. The fact that he's still going with it is, is just silly. I think most people, are going to watch that and realize that he may not have uh, started this, you know, hoax like Jesse did, but he sure did take advantage of it. And he yeah. sure did. I sure did ride the wave and he's riding it. As he said, right on to Pocono, you know, he finished 14th and, and he was leading for a while and the fans all loved him and he reveled in it. And he seems like kind of a performer and, and people, Last night we're saying, but he seems like such a nice guy. I'm going, so what? I mean, he's a performer. Jesse probably seemed like a nice guy, too. When he cried with Robin Roberts, when he wept openly, I cried a man. And I know I, I can't put myself in Bubba's shoes, but he's sitting there. Someone tells him there's a noose. He doesn't see it. No picture, nothing. He tells him and he starts crying. I mean, this is a badass. He drives 200 miles an hour. He's somewhat insane. They all are. And he's crying openly because someone told him a rope was 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 fashioned in a in a loop in his garage. This is also a guy who um who has a bit of a temper. If you haven't seen any I of the video, that. he's not afraid to uh, you know, huck water on you if you do something that ups, upsets him. But also when when Christina Blasey Ford was out there, reputable people said, you know, it rings true to me. With right. with Bubba it rings untrue to me. I know that guy talking, and that guy is full of it. He knows right now. Uh, that's why he's on to the Poconos, because he knows that this has been, this is all falling apart around him. So he just wants to move it. Okay, guys, pretend nothing happened here. We're on to the Poconos. Just let me return to my normal life after I've cashed in on the hoax that he was uh, such a part of. Somebody from NASCAR, I mean, there, there will be communications at some point. If the FBI is really looking into this, texts between people. Right. This or that. And well, I was going to say that's the next thing I was going to say is that here's my prediction is there'll be if the media is any interest. And um, that's a big if because Marty Smith, the ESPN guy who that little that Southern guy that folks he who covers NASCAR, 
he went all in, man. He did oh, yeah. this whole six minute performance about how upset he was and he's going to have trouble walking that back. So I'm not sure anyone's digging in, but if there were people, if there were media people on this story, there's a whole bunch of other drivers who were used for a photo op. I can imagine one or two of them is going to go off the record with somebody and say, we didn't believe this clown. He's a self-promoter. No one likes him. Something like that. You're going to see in the coming days a story, and it won't be it won't be on the record necessarily, but they'll say that they never bought it, but they were kind of encouraged by NASCAR to go out there for that photo op and walk behind the car. His, by the way, shouldn't his media tour yesterday kind of been a, a trigger for people to realize where Bubba's real head was at? You know what I mean? Like, the Don Lemon thing, completely predictable, right? The right. the view, that's a specific target. Like, my mom fucking watches The View, right? Like, she doesn't... That's a specifically targeted interview that he did there. It's one thing to go on to, like, fucking ABC in the morning or CBS in the morning and, and, and just try to cover from a news story. This was a calculated press tour. You know? I, I want to do both. I want to do both because I want to I want to do this for the people like, you know, Al Duncan and Dale Arnold, who said, you know, obviously there was no hate crime. But poor Jussie, I mean, poor Bubba was a victim here. Can we play him with the view, play Bubba with the view before yep. he got exposed by the FBI? <laughs> That still makes me laugh. The 15 FBI agents in their suits with their badges and their sunglasses hanging around the garage stalls trying to break this case. I mean, the, the whole country's burning. We're tearing down statues and burning windies. And, and, and you know, it's, it's we're the state of lawlessness in all these big Democrat cities. And our FBI is busy looking at a little loop and a piece of rope that everyone knew wasn't a noose. Paul, just, Paul in the uh, in the Facebook comments is really looking forward to the Lifetime movie, he says. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then we got my old friend Everett, who still believes him, uh, apparently. He's all in. But um, can we do both? Yeah. I want to play with the, with the view, with Sonny on the view first. And then after he gets exposed, he goes on Don Lemon. And he almost, he doubles down. It's amazing. People are suggesting that this is a hoax or perhaps even staged by NASCAR to garner more support for the removal of the Confederate flag. But my understanding is that the only people who have access to the area were, where the noose was found are the racing teams and perhaps a few essential workers. So what would you say to those people who are doubting that this even happened or that it's true? Yeah, just like uh, Steve Phelps said, it offends me that people would go to those measures. But again, <clears throat> I'm not shocked. Uh, people are entitled to their own opinion to make them feel good, whatever, make them help them sleep at night. Um, but it is still an ongoing investigation with the FBI. I can now say I've talked to the FBI. Never thought that would happen. Um, but it's just uh, it's just unfortunate circumstances and in a terrible time that we're in right now, year 2020 will be one year to for sure forget um, moving forward. But, you know, it's 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 simple-minded people like that, the ones that are afraid of change. Um, they, they use everything <laughs> in their power to defend what they stand up for. And instead of trying to listen and understand uh, what's going on, and, and like I said, it's still an ongoing investigation. We're still trying to figure out whoever did this crazy act of trying to – pinpointed on somebody and, and just go through it all. So 
it's, you know, I think it was better for me not to see it directly. I don't know how I would have reacted, um, but it's all in their hands now, the FBI's hands to, to go through everything and try to figure it out. So uh, you're simple-minded. You, Shattuck, you're simple-minded. You're afraid of change. Yeah. I mean, he knew when he went on there that there was no perpetrator, that there was no noose, and he put on a performance. And it, you know, didn't take long. Obviously, you send in the FBI. They cracked the case real quick, as we knew they would. But then he goes on, and I'm thinking, like you said, he should his agent, whoever his handler should have said, let's just go on to Poconos, get in your RV and get right. the hell out of there, and don't answer your phone. Instead, he said, you know, I can, you know, like Jesse, when he went on with Robin Roberts, he said, I can, I can, I can, you know, talk my way out of this. His first two, well, you're here in two seconds. First two words on the interview with Don Lemon last night. I'm pissed. Those are his first two words. Right. I'm, uh, I'm pissed. I'm, I'm, I'm mad because people are trying to test my character and the person that I am and my integrity and they're not stealing that away from me, but they're just trying to test that. And uh, as a person, Don, that doesn't need the fame, doesn't need the hype, doesn't need the media, I could care less. I could give two craps about that. Um, but to, to sit there and, and read, and that's my problem. I'm reading too much into it and Are investing too much media? time into it. I am. I am. Don't, don't. Did you hear that? Are you using social media? It's unbelievable. This guy tells him to get off social media. This guy's just use- good a man. He's just too good for these times. By the way, I love how you're afraid of change, and 2020 has been a terrible year. Just, you know, laundering his experience into George Floyd's death for all it's worth. Jesus. You're afraid of change. This, uh, the interview, how long did Don Lemon interview go on? I saw it ended up being like 10, 10 to something, 10, 12 minutes. And it was, it was a disaster for both. I mean, obviously, Don Lemon is a drama queen every night, but, uh, but I don't think Bubba did himself any favors as I was following it on social media and watching the clips. And he does not come across as very credible. There were a few people who said that's the moment they bailed, that they, they kind of felt sorry for him, like he was a victim. His explanation is it's a good thing I didn't see the noose. Now, if you're in the wherever, you're in the dining room or you're somewhere in the gym getting ready for the for the race or getting ready for, to get in your car. And someone says, hey, you know, Bubba, there's a noose hanging in your garage. Isn't your first instinct to say, let me see it? Let's go see it? Because it didn't get removed. Or you say, did you take up? If you're like at the hotel, you said you snap a picture of it. You you want to, You have to see it, don't you? Right. Especially if you're going to turn over the world, you might want to just say, wait, just before we get NASCAR and the FBI in and make this an international race event, Let's just make sure it's, let's say, not part of the garage door or not just a rope or a fan, fan belt. Just make sure. Nope. Not at all. No. You think, you think there was a reason he said that? You know, now he has plausible deniability. And it worked for a lot of these people like like L. Duncan and and others said, you know, he, he's a victim here. I mean, right. uh, let's hear some more of his uh, his explanation with Don Lemon or his performance with Don Lemon because – I don't think too many people are going to think he's a victim when they see or hear this. So I don't think that um, that you should feel badly about what happened. Um, no, I know. And I, I'm with you on that. And I appreciate those words. And, and, you know, you talked about it earlier. The people don't want to hear the truth. And I, I, people that want to know me and want to get to know me, the new fans that have come into the sport, I appreciate it. What you, one thing you'll, you'll never take away from me is how 
100% I am, how raw I am, how real I am. And I'll shoot it to you straight each and every time because that's how I was brought up and that's what I stand by. And in my statement on Sunday night, this will not break me. None of the the, the allegations of, of being a hoax will, will, will break me or tear me down. Will it piss me off? Absolutely. But that only fuels the competitive drive in me to shut everybody up, to get back out on the racetrack next weekend in Pocono, and showcase what I can do behind the wheel under tremendous amounts of BS, whatever it is you want to say, um, you won't break me. You won't tear me down again. I will still stand proud of where I'm at. Oh, isn't it? Isn't it good to know that a little loop in a rope designed to pull the garage door down won't break him? I mean, that's, the, a, that's a man. As he sees him, Jerry, you know, if something's on his mind, he's going to tell this guy is an incredible, the resolve in this guy. <laughs> He's not afraid to tell you either. Why, if you're Don Lemon, isn't the follow-up, why would it break you? Nothing <laughs> happened. There is no, <laughs> It won't break you? What's to break you? You sold all your merchandise. You're suddenly a household name. You went on The View. Some people know who you are. What the hell? What, what is he talking about? won't break me. I no wish he did anything. I, wish even, I mean, it's pretty obvious, but I wish he even went a step further. Like, I wish he put a T-shirt out there that said, "This will not break me," and it's sold out or what? You know, but, uh, speaking of putting out T-shirts, is uh, is Minahan's uh, boss put out a T-shirt yet? Because he was tweeting out, "I stand with Bubba." Portnoy was tweeting out, "I stand with well, Bubba." A, but he's a NASCAR guy, right? So they they have their NASCAR deal. So he's just got to back NASCAR with what they pay. Well, NASCAR pays them a lot of money. Are you still standing with Bubba Prez? I mean, is all these people that were hashtag I stand with Bubba, are they still standing with him? And it is, it is funny. He's going to go on to Pocono and he'll be the most famous guy there. You know, essentially, I couldn't name free NASCAR drivers. I'm not going to watch, but I, I can name him now. If his goal was to raise his profile, it sure did work. I mean, he sure is. Uh, and, well, and he's got lots of people defending him still. Lots of people sympathizing yeah. with him still. And now you've got, obviously, the, the, there's a gun to the head of corporate America at this point to, you know, be part of the movement. And so you've got all the sponsors all over his uniform or whatever that thing is. And half of those boardrooms must be saying, OK, we know he's a liar and a fraud. And the other half must be saying, we're not saying anything bad about this guy. We're, we'll continue advertising with him. We'll stay behind him. At some point, they, you know, it may change. Once we find out just how diabolical this was, they may just say, okay, it's been fun, Bubba, uh, but we're out of here. But I do like, and we'll hear this, that, but that Don Lemon really is trying to help him. He's trying to you know, make, give him a soft landing. He just needs Bubba to be a little bit contrite or just show um, you know, a little bit of, of selfless honesty for a moment. But Bubba won't. He's just talking about people that are going to put me down. I'm going to fight. I'm not going to let them. I'm going to. You're not going to break me. Who is they? Who is they? They followed your car. They hugged you. You know, they cried with you. Who is they? They will not going to break him. Noose, Jerry. People who they did banned the-, the Confederate flag for you, and I'm I'm all for that. Everyone says that's fine, but who is attacking him before? I mean, before now, obviously everybody's uh, pointing out what a fraud he is. But when he when this all broke. Who is they? What is he talking about? Well, I would say certainly the population of Boston, if you hadn't heard, uh, has a big problem with race that we see again and again and again. Um, For starters, obviously, the the six Trump people who showed up in Tulsa, those are uh, racist. Oh, right, 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 right. But it's comical. We'll see where it goes. He's on to Pocono and he's still still the biggest name out there. 
I'd be curious to see. Obviously, we don't have a real media in this country, and I'm sure the NASCAR crowd would just assume this uh, goes away. But if they wanted to work on it, boy, they could and find out that nobody believed him. Nobody. And they just played along because that's what you do these days. You play along. Uh, but you know what? We said we said long, long ago that uh, we were going to cover, along with politics and sports, we were going to cover the cancel culture. And it has become all-consuming, the cancel culture. I got my little list today of uh, cancel culture. Top of it, of course. And I'm got to admit, I'm going to enjoy this one. I do enjoy watching uh, the left, the liberals eat their own, watching mm-hmm. the New York Times go after Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons, who uh, hired, was getting some uh, grief for not having enough um, black people, editors, writers, podcasters at the ringer. Uh, so we hired Jamel Hill. I'm sure that's uh, that's a great podcast. Jamel Hill does a podcast about the wire. I don't know what he pays her, but it's uh, you know it's, it's a good gig if you can get it. Um, I'm not sure who listens to it, but uh, this is my favorite in a while. Jimmy Kimmel is on the ropes. Jimmy Kimmel, who is a bigger sellout than uh, than Howard Stern, who was you know the star of the Man Show, who you know liked to watch girls jump on tramp, big-breasted women jump on trampolines, is now, you know, to the left of Don Lemon. He and Howie Hamptons are uh, uh, have completely flipped. But one thing they can't do is uh, erase their past, erase their history. They can apologize for it. And uh, the question is, will it be enough? Is Jimmy Kimmel done? I want to get to that. And we get the latest on David Ortiz. They actually, they actually mentioned the story in the Globe. I, I hear they mentioned it, and uh, I guess they—that's uh, progress. But uh, David Ortiz made a statement, so I don't think they really had a choice. And we have something to do tomorrow night. I should have something to do tomorrow night. Uh, you and me. Well, I'll tell you all about it after I tell you about Shake Concrete. Shake Concrete. You know about them. I think I'm tell you again because it's. Uh, I love these guys. I love this company. They're a fourth generation owned and operated business that's working hard day in and day out to be a trusted precast concrete partner. You know them. They're a local company, but they're all over New England. Four state of the art facilities are all over the place. Manufacturing facilities. If you're a contractor, these are just some of the products shaking delivered to your job, ready for installation. Water and wastewater products, underground stormwater systems, stairs and bulkheads, electrical and communication products. The list goes on and on. The guys at Shea can do it all. And if you're an engineer, they got a whole bunch of people could help you design your neck products. Smart people, young people sitting there in front of the computers doing some engineering. They can help you with that. Give them a call for more information or for an estimate or log on to SheaConcrete.com or... If you're one of the 40 million people out of work, and maybe you're not just sitting on your ass collecting the way so many are, you can uh, call them. They got openings. They're hiring. They're always hiring. That's the kind of place they are. They're expanding, and they're a great place to work. They're looking for CDL drivers and production personnel at all of their plants. Uh, If you have a a resume, you can send it to jobs at shayconcrete.com. Or just go to the website. They get some information on there. Or stop in to one of their places and say, I'm ready to work. And uh, ask for a hat. They got awesome hats. Check it out, shayconcrete.com. Back in February, when COVID-19 was a distant concept to most Americans, gold was in the $1,500 range. The Dow was over 29000 Today, as the virus tears apart the economy, gold is over 17000 
$1,500. And the Dow's up, what, over 27000 Major market disruptions favor gold. Instability, uncertainty, and impending inflation favor gold. If you have not diversified some of your savings into gold, there's no better time than today. Protect your savings from any further setbacks in the stock market. Gold is a safe haven against uncertainty. And the company that I trust with precious metal purchases is Birch Gold Group. And right now, thanks to a little-known IRS tax law, you can even move your IRA or eligible 401k into an IRA backed by physical gold and silver. It's perfect for those who want to protect their hard-earned retirement savings from any more downturn in stocks. Look back historically, when the bottom falls out of everything else, gold tends to be safeguard savings. Contact Birch Gold Group to request a free info kit on physical precious metals. See if diversifying into gold and silver makes sense for you. This comprehensive 20-page kit reveals how gold and silver can protect your savings and how you can legally move your IRA or 401k out of risky stocks and bonds and into precious metals IRA. To get your no-cost, no-obligation kit, go to birchgold.com slash jerry. That's B-I-R-C-H gold.com slash G-E-R-R-Y. I, I do have mixed feelings about this much, Shattuck. Watching people hung by their own petard for uh, blackface when the, 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 the view of blackface has changed completely. I mean, uh, you call it blackface. Jimmy Kimmel calls it dressing up as Carl Malone. You know, they put right. muscles on him. They put a Utah jazz uniform on him. Jimmy Fallon talks about dressing up as uh, as Chris Rock. I mean, it's what they did. And at the time, I'm not sure if I saw it or you saw it. I don't. Maybe I did see it. Maybe I saw, you know, Jimmy Fallon do Chris Rock and and didn't give it a thought. Mm-hmm. Maybe I, I don't. Not sure I saw Jimmy Kimmel as Carl Malone. But I, I, if I did at the time, I probably said that's Jimmy Kimmel trying to be Carl Malone, right? Right. Yeah, now we've changed it so it's it's you know like we to and place these contemporary standards, uh, judged it by these contemporary standards, and we say, "Wow, that's awful." But what if you did see it then and didn't think it was awful? You just thought it was Kimmel pretending to be Carl Malone. Is it really a fireable offense? I mean, we'll get to other things he's done, and if we're going to go by the ABC standard, it is clearly fireable. But dressing up as Carl Malone. Something he would never, ever do today. Fallon wouldn't do it. I mean, all these people who've done blackface, Ralph Northam, Justin Trudeau, they wouldn't do it now. I mean, it's a little different when you're when you're Northam and you're dressed as a clan Klansman. Uh, <laughs> but Kimmel's a comedian, or right. at least he used to be, and he was pretending to be Carl Malone. Is it really fireable when you look back, you know, 20 years later? Well, I mean, the only... I don't know if Carl Malone saw the thing, and I, I don't know. It, it, what didn't seem to be disrespectful, and him being in blackface was probably part of the joke, I guess. I used to like the man show. I never saw the blackface stuff. I don't think I did. Um, but the problem is for these guys is that they've become evangelists for the PC movement, right. cancel culture. So they deleted people, you know, based on these parameters, and they've got these infractions that fit within the parameters. So... By that law, I guess they have to be deleted. You know, the 30 Rock is doing the same thing. Uh, right. Jane Krakowski was was in blackface a couple of times. But but I think in that context, that was the joke, was that she was cluelessly in blackface. 
When when was the day that they that blackface became in any form? And I'm not talking about you know Al Jolson or or the blackface that Howard Stern used when he was pretending to be whatever Sherman Hemsley. Yeah. Uh, um, but I'm talking about playing Carl Malone or dressing up as Beyonce on Halloween. When did that become so uh, offensive and egregious? I don't know the moment, but. Again, you couldn't do it now. No one would ever do it now. But when they did it then, it wasn't uh, uh, even noticed. I mean, it wasn't a a big deal. Now, again, there are other things, Kimmel. It's funny. The world world was different. The world, I mean, there wasn't uh, 30 second social media clips of the show posted, you know, an hour after it aired on television. Like now it's just so. Yeah, but so what? I'm saying, say you were, you know, 20 years ago, or not even 20, 15 years ago. You saw Jimmy Kimmel dressed as Carmelone. You wouldn't think twice about it, right? No, but I'm and saying we might, might have if we lived in the world we live in today from a technology and a entertainment from a technology standpoint, right? If you, if it's so visible to people, if social media existed, that might have uh, you know escalated, you know, to a point where we decided you know blackface was bad. You know, you're right. You could definitely be able to take the temperature of the society, the culture much easier now with Twitter. Yes. Now, you know you know what kills you now with Twitter. Why why so forget Twitter, forget technology. Okay. Why is it so bad that Jimmy Kimmel dresses at Carl Malone? Just I mean, sum it up for me if you could. I don't know, Jerry. I didn't make that rule that it's bad. I guess it's because he's uh appropriating a immutable characteristic of a community that has been victimized. And I think that's I that's the that's what people would say. But there are even good. But when he good, did come alone, he put muscles on like he made him look like a stud because Malone was a stud. But here's Kimmel's statement. He says, he says, I've done dozens of impressions of famous people, including Snoop Dogg, Oprah, Eminem, Eminem, Dick Vitale and Rosie. In each case, I thought of them as impersonations of celebrities and nothing more. It is funny that he and Stern are both on the ropes. They're buddies and they kiss each other's ass constantly. And they used to be, you know, rebels and edgy. And now they're both and and they both flipped and they became, you know, one of the beautiful people became hardcore Hollywood liberals, limo liberals. And now they're both on the ropes. And I'll tell you, they're on the ropes for the same thing. It ain't the blackface, uh, although Stearns was a little ridiculous. He had fake big lips and everything. Oh, yeah. uh, but they both used the N-word. And that was always, I mean, I remember listening to Stern on FM radio using the N-word and going, holy crap, this is unbelievable. How do you get away with this? And he did. And uh, it worked. And he great ratings. And he went to satellite. But his past, he's used the N-word. He denies it, but he's done it thousands of times. And Kimmel has two, and that doesn't go away. I will say this, that because he says, Kimmel says, I won't be bullied into silence by those who feign outrage to advance their oppressive and genuinely racist agenda. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to explain to those I've disappointed. I am sorry. Now, he's going to survive. He works for the same network that fired uh, Roseanne for uh, – saying something stupid for not knowing that Valerie Jarrett was black, which is stupid, but saying something stupid, which she does. That's why she is who she is, but they fired her. No, you know, no discussion, no, no trial, no due process. They just fired her ass. Uh, That won't happen to Jimmy Kimmel. Jimmy Kimmel as uh, one thing going for him in this age, in this era that is important. 
and and Roseanne did not. He hates Trump. That's the most that is the most important job requirement today. Stern turned on Trump, used to be his good friend. He turned on him for this very reason, for survival. You know, he wanted to, you know, go to go to uh, uh, wherever. No, he wanted to go to a vacation in Mexico, wherever he went with Jennifer Aniston and Brad Pitt, too. But that's part of it. But he also wanted to survive in the business. And he knew the best way to survive is hate the evil orange man. Kimmel will survive. I guess he's going to take like the summer off. That's tough, Mm -hmm. tough punishment. But he is a good liberal who has been sucking liberals' toes for a long time now, and that will uh, allow him uh, to survive this skirmish. You're right. And it's so funny. It is all about Trump because uh, Roseanne Barr has a history of being a huge progressive. She ran for president under the Green Party. Right. She's been tackling uh, racial issues and gay rights issues for years, for decades before it was popular. This is a good progressive crusader for the cause. But she threw in with Trump, and that was it. Howard Stern, blackface is, in using that N-word, that is egregious and horrific stuff. But this guy is guilty of a lot more than that. Homophobic, sexist. He used to have people with disabilities fight on the air. At, you right. know, <laughs> I mean, all he, of your He used to say, I'm, I'm telling people don't know if they weren't listening, Dave, maybe you were too young, but uh 15 18 20 he was on fm radio and he would say the n-word all the time he'd say the f word for you know the gay slur all the time and i mean it was just but that's why but that's why intent matters right no he would say it nobody thought he was racist at the time right right yeah no intent doesn't matter i mean it it should but it doesn't i mean it is we got rules we got rules because they liked him because howard stern although vicious about everybody else was also incredibly horribly honest about himself in ways that any normal man would never be, you know? So I think, I think people appreciated just how um, even he was stern in the, in the, those days. I, I didn't like him. I thought it was, I hated stuttering John. I thought he was an a-hole. I, oh, I thought he was great. You hated stuttering John. Yeah. Ted Williams. That was it for me, Jerry. You don't mess with the splendid splinter, the good American hero. <laughs> and he met with him. I, Williams almost wanted to punch him, which I liked, which was excellent. This is like 1990 or something. Yeah, but that was the beauty of it. Uh, but, you know, that's another one of the guys turn, turned on. Stuttering John, uh, uh, Artie. I mean, these old guys, old friends that made the show what it was. You know, he decided he was moving on without them. And moving on. And he was, I think he turned on his most loyal fans. Most, I'd say a lot of his fans were, were Trumpkins or became. Yes. Um. People have to commute, you know, working people who had to commute to work in, in you know, on, on construction sites. Absolutely. It was, I mean, he was barstool way before barstool was barstool. It's, it's the, the tweet that Roseanne, she said that uh, Valerie, Valerie Jarrett, uh, senior advisor to Barack Obama, you don't mess with those people if you think you're going to survive in the business. She wrote that she looked like if the Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby that equals VJ. I mean, just I don't know if she was drunk or or what, but it's just stupid. Yeah. And she didn't claim she didn't know Valerie Jarrett was black. And you know, I understand. I mean, she doesn't. She's that that could that could be true, but it's still a stupid, ignorant tweet. And I thought she would, you know, get suspended, get embarrassed, maybe lose something. But she got she got you know excommunicated from her own show, sure. and she was gone, never to be seen again, or rarely to be seen again. One dumb drunk tweet. Jimmy Kimmel's got 
you know, a history of doing things. You know, he just listed a whole bunch of people he did to blackface and racial slurs and sexist things. And that was the man show. But if Jimmy Kimmel, you know, if Jimmy Kimmel didn't hate Trump, he might be in trouble. But he hates Trump and that's what matters. And he'll be back for the election season, the campaign season to spend his whole show just dumping on Trump. You can be sure of that. Oh, totally. And another thing you should remember about Roseanne is that not only did she throw in with Trump personally, but the show dared to portray a family. Oh, right, right, right. Some people who were not monsters, but who wanted Trump, who who wanted supported Trump because they thought he could make changes. This was a, a lower, a white, lower middle class family struggling constantly with all sorts of afflictions. And they simply wanted political change. They felt underserved the Connors. And so they were mom and dad were voting were Trump voters. The sister was not a Trump voter. And is she was that, is that still on. I mean, I know they went on without yeah, her. Got rid of, once you get rid of Roseanne and Norm Macdonald from the writers writing staff, it's that story uh, kind of uh, narrative is gone. Really. It's not. The, it was at least on last year, um, but they just couldn't have that. You couldn't humanize Trump supporters. That was considered uh, offensive to the people in, in Los Angeles making the show. And so they said, you know, we'll take the hit money wise, but we can't have this. We can't uh, make people think that Donald Trump, that's like, uh, that's like accepting NASCAR before Bubba. Right. There you uh, <laughs> before we get to uh, uh, the David Ortiz, story, I want to hear, I don't have the globe, but uh, Colin is going to tell me how much they, uh, how, how much, how they really covered the Ortiz story. But I got a, uh, I got a movement for you, Shattuck. I got a movement for you. As you know, we're canceling everybody, everybody that had any connection to anything. And we're canceling, uh, you know, George Washington and uh, Thomas Jefferson and Andrew Jackson and tearing down statues and burning books. Uh, there's a guy in Boston who wants to change the name of Faneuil Hall. Everyone knows Faneuil Hall. It's probably the most famous place in Boston. Uh, but Faneuil was a slave owner or slave trader a thousand years ago. And, so the guy wants, he doesn't want to, I'll give him credit. He's not going to burn it down. He's not going to throw rocks and bricks at Faneuil Hall. He's on a hunger strike. He's not going to eat until they change the name. Some <laughs> guy named Kevin Peterson, I believe. Uh, you in, Shattuck? To tr- change Faneuil Hall? Uh, absolutely not. Although it's hard to spell and I've resented it for that. For it is always hard. I always have to look it up. But, yeah. but uh, does any, uh, this always makes me laugh. I mean, I think of whatever, like Bobby Sands in a, in a Northern Ireland prison. I think he lasted like 75, 80 days. He went on a hunger strike, like for real, and died. Yes. I think Kevin Peterson, I mean, have you ever been to Faneuil Hall? I don't think it's the appropriate. I mean, they have some great stuff, good, you know, pizza slices, Chinese food, all kinds of clam chowder. I don't think a uh, hunger strike is, is, is fitting. And I don't think anybody's even going to notice. I mean, maybe his family will see him all wasting away, but who's going to care that this activist isn't eating until they change the name of Faneuil Hall? No, nobody's going to care if he's not eating. But and also, this is 2020. This is June. You don't need a hunger strike anymore. You know, get some friends and to some make bricks. It- yes. And absolutely just make noise and say that the statue causes pain you know any right. of those shipping tycoons from the colonial days of boston are going to have the same problem they were totally right. related to the triangular trader or something is um is uh, as gauche i guess as that so you could get rid of any you could change everything john hancock all of this stuff 
But you know who else is in Faneuil Hall, Jer- Jerry? What other statue is the, um, the former uh, general? Red Auerbach. Correct. Did he owns slaves? I don't know. Maybe. Don't hey, know. Nowadays, who the hell knows? Red Auerbach, Larry Bird's shoes are in Faneuil Hall. His name is Kevin Peterson. He's the founder of the New Democracy Coalition. Okay. He, right now, he's somewhere in Boston, and he's really friggin' hungry because he's not eating until they change the name. I'm sorry, Kevin. It, it just, it's, you, I, Shattuck's right. You want change, make a Molotov cocktail, okay? It's legal now. Just go spray paint stuff and throw bricks. It's it's perfectly okay. It's acceptable. I don't know if you heard Andrew Cuomo yesterday, Killer Cuomo. He said that uh, tearing down statues and looting and rioting is a healthy expression of uh, dissatisfaction, a healthy expression. These are just people who want change. He was asked about them removing Theodore Roosevelt from the uh, Museum of Natural History. Yeah. And, and he said it was healthy, healthy. Yes. To do that. And then, of course, last week he was asked about Christopher Columbus, and that was not healthy. Christopher right. Columbus has to stay because his legend looms large in Italian households. That's not why. He stuck his finger to the wind in the last week. It was different. A week ago, a week ago, ripping down statues was not cool, or maybe two weeks ago. In the last two weeks, as usual, the Democrats looked at these people, these hooligans, these vandals, and said, those are our people. We must defend them. You will hardly hear – I don't think you've heard any Democrat condemn the violence, the, 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 the attacks on police. Have you seen some of these scum that have been harassing the police in D.C., oh, yeah. getting in their faces, the white, spoiled little brats, these girls or these boys with the – the guy with the man bun attacking the police, yeah. calling them vile names. These yeah. cops have shown great restraint and patience. And somehow the Democrats are on the side of the vandals and not the cops. And that's people- why I still think that's why I'm telling you, Shannon, I know the polls don't look good now. I think when it uh, comes election day, if it's still have we still have this climate, the choice is simple. Are you on the side of the vandals or the cops? Because the cops. People, Trump supporters are inside of the cops. The Democrats are inside of the vandals, the rioters, the looters, the people who want to destroy history, burn books, you know, ban movies. Those people, those are Biden's people. You're right. And those people should know that that's who's at the core of this larger movement, this larger progressive uh, unraveling uh, revolution that's happening right now. It is college educated white people. And, of course, uh, going out there, usually uh, majors in critical race study or critical gender studies uh, who are going out there and terrorizing people. And you've seen in you're right. You've seen all these videos with these middle class um, Caucasian uh, Norwegian looking white girls (laughs) yelling at minority police officers, blacks and Hispanics, yelling at them, calling them racist, calling them subhuman, essentially. And somehow the media. And the other cultural pillars of this whole thing are sanctioning this thing. Like, that's okay. You've had middle class white kids who have destroyed uh, businesses owned by working class black people. And we're acting like that's a good thing and that's okay. That's not okay. That's disgusting. And there will be a reckoning. It's a healthy expression. That's all. That's what Cuomo, that's what Killer Cuomo said. A healthy expression. And you're right. The media are bending over backwards to excuse it and say, well, you know, that guy you know, was whatever he was, his family owned slaves, you know, 300 years ago, uh, rather than, you know, teaching, rather than using it as a teaching moment, just eliminate it, purge the country of its history. It's insane. And it's not going to work. I don't think too many people are, are up for tearing down, 
you know, statues of uh, George Washington, but uh, or, you know, whoever of, of Ulysses S. Grant. I mean, these fools, not, not only are they lawless and stupid and vulgar, but they're just ignorant. They're ignorant of history. You know, they're tearing down statues of abolitionists. and Right. It's not about any ideology anymore because it doesn't make any sense because all the Confederate statues all represent men who U.S. Grant put through a meat grinder. You should be liking him. He was a good, uh, you know, he was a a good uh, battering ram for the evil South. But no, it's not about any of that stuff anymore. They just want to change everything. Everything. Before before I tell you what we're going to do on, I got a better idea now that I didn't know that you wasn't sure how you'd feel about going on a hunger strike. Uh, but now that you've rejected that idea to go on a hunger strike till they change the name, what are they going to change to like Faneuil Hall too? It's too, it's too iconic. What do you call it? I mean, it, even if you call it something else, everyone's going to just call it Faneuil Hall, right? They're not going to care that uh, the guy's family owned slaves 300 years ago. It's we've moved on. It's become something else. It's become the name of that place in the tourist trap in Boston. Bubba anyway, Hall. Faneuil sucks. Put some condos up or something. Bubba Wallace yeah. Hall. It's a tourist. It's a place for tourism. People spend money there. It's an iconic place for summer tourism. It's a real estate racket wants to wet its beak on the troubles. There's, there's plenty of condos. Plenty of condos in the neighborhood. Yeah. And uh, besides, it'll probably go under anyway. It's Charlie Baker keeping every restaurant closed still. All those restaurants in Faneuil Hall are probably on the brink of bankruptcy anyway. Then you'll get your wish. I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to The Perfect Scam Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Still paying hundreds of dollars for prescription glasses? Let's change that. At Zenni.com, our factory direct model means no middlemen or outrageous markups. Just the same quality frames and lens options as the other guys for one-tenth the price. Zenni offers prescription glasses starting at $6.95, as well as affordable sunglasses, blue blockers, and more. The best part? Try any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Visit Zenni.com today and change the way you buy glasses forever. But I got the story from Boston.com. That's the Globe's website. They reluctantly included a few paragraphs about David Ortiz here. I guess they were forced to do it by, I don't know, by us, maybe? Yeah, or by Cullen, um, me specifically. By Dave exactly. Cullen. And they were forced to do it. There's yeah. one, two, three. It's behind four, the paywall. It's, it's in the Boston Four paragraphs. I don't care about that. I mean, no, that's, that doesn't count. It says, by the Boston Globe. Yep. On Boston.com, one, two, three, f- literally four paragraphs. The, uh, they were essentially forced to do this by Ortiz himself. His spokesperson, Joe Barlene, Ortiz's spokesperson, put out a statement in David Ortiz's words. It says, for the past 12 years, I have always provided significant f- financial support to the mother of my 12-year-old son, David, who is a loving member of my family. That support has included housing as well as financial support for David's education and well-being. Um, David, to quote um, Chris Rock, that's what you're supposed to do. You know, Chris Rock has a whole routine of people brag about how they support their kids or they spend time with their kids. That's what you're supposed to do. He's your kid. You 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 uh, fathered this child. You're supposed to find you, – you're worth – 
freaking 200 million. You're supposed to take care of the kid. He's evicting the mother of his child and his own son is on audio tape saying, you're not a father to me. Uh, that's an issue. Obviously the globe would, was hoping to cover it up. Obviously, you know, John Henry does not like this getting out there, but they were forced to do it. David was forced to issue a statement. Yeah. What else is in the story behind the paywall, Colin? Because I can't, I can't uh, read. So we we didn't know. So we knew that the mother of his child had a restraining order against him. We did not know that he had a restraining order against her. That's what the Globe is claiming. I'm Globe not sure it's claiming. true, but maybe it is. That's what the Globe is claiming. So he uh, rent he pays rent or or he owns a condo where the mother lives with the son currently. He also purchased a home for the son when he's older. He can have that home. Apparently, they do not mention in the Globe article that he went there to evict the mother of his son from that condo or they don't mention that they don't not in the story and that's yeah correct so they don't mention that so that's where the the digging needs to go a little deeper but i i was shocked the globe even reported it like you said they were forced but there's no new information besides that they're they're trying to just make it seem like it's a a family issue the two are just battling over money and that's it so so the most iconic red sox player you know of of all time essentially at least in the last generation his girlfriend took out a restraining order, said she was threatened. By the way, they use those words, threatened and intimidated, because she used those words. Yes. Did they include those in the Globe story? They did. And from he's He needs to refrain from annoying, intimidating, or threatening her. Wow. Ooh. I'm looking at the Herald. I'm looking at the Herald website right now. I don't see anything. About, <laughs> Herald's unbelievable. They just, they just don't care. They're mailing it in. I mean, thank God for Howie, because Howie's going after Charlie Baker again, and I'll read it, and I'll buy it, and I subscribe. But not a word, not a word. Red Sox icon David Ortiz is threatening his girlfriend, the mother of his child, evicting her from her home. Not a word. And again, it's in the Dominican. It's not easy. I'm sure Turtle Boy has looked into it. It's hard to do. You can't get your hands on a police report. You can't get your hands on the actual restraining order. They have different rules but it's sort of a big story in my my opinion. Well, if the Sox and the Globe and the Henrys have gone this far to establish at least that there's something concerning surrounding Ortiz, then maybe they know something a lot worse. You know, maybe they're just right. go, they're going on the record to show that, yes, they did document this, um, the Ortiz troubles, but... Um, yeah, that is a tough p- press release to read, you know, d- saying that he had supported his. Uh, well, you his- have to anything David Ortiz does, you you have to then cover it right in, in Boston in some capacity. And he did an interview yesterday on some television station there and, you know, did not an apology tour, but he did this kind of sappy interview. And I tried to translate it. I tweeted out a couple of videos where it was just basically about how disappointed he was that the mother turned his son against him, right? So that's kind of the the tone that from the Ortiz camp is that he's heartbroken over this because now, you know, the mother is waging war with him and, and the son is a victim here, you know? Yeah, son, the mother turned the son against him or yeah. do you think it was because the mother and the son are now like sleeping on a park bench because they got evicted from their home? I'm, I mean, maybe that's not the case, but maybe it is. So maybe the son has reason to be upset with his dad. We don't I- know different observation though just simply without knowing because i don't speak spanish what what she was saying um to hear him get browbeat by his mother-in-law or the mother of his ex yes 
uh, I kind of felt sympathy for him. I mean, he was taking a lot of crap. From her. He just kind of stood there. Of course, he was being filmed. So who knows? Who knows how much of that it usually takes? And he had his guys with him, too. But uh, but I just uh, part of me as a guy and uh, somebody with a mother-in-law who's very nice, by the way, I, I felt a certain uh, empathy for him. See that, Sherry? I'm a better person than you. Well, you are. You know, um, I, I, I may, maybe maybe the whole story will come out. and He's an innocent guy. Maybe he's, I talked to Minahan about this yesterday. And he said, asked a good question. What if it turns out he's Kirby Puckett just has this dark side that we've never seen before? I mean, we never really got the story behind the the hit behind the shooting, but what if you know we find out that he's not quite the cuddly teddy bear that we all thought he was? I mean, and he could just flip a switch. Would uh, the David Ortiz bridge have to be renamed? I mean, that would haunt. I'm assuming that would haunt John Henry's dreams if he looked at that name. If it turned out that David Ortiz was indeed threatening his ex-wife or ex-girlfriend. Wouldn't they have to change the name of the David Ortiz Bridge, the Big Poppy Bridge? I don't think so, because when we were Boston Strong, Jerry, you know, he helped us when we needed him after the marathon bombings. If you don't remember, he actually swore this was our bleeping. I did. That's the right. word, which always bothered me. And, I'm uh, amazed, uh, by the way, at your and Minahan's level of conversation on a daily basis. Like, I don't text my buddy or call my buddy and be like, hey, let's talk about the news of the day. Like, it's very strange to me, your relationship. See, well, first of all, he's obsessed even more than I am with, uh, you know, the globe and what they get away with. And the, the perception that the globe is still on the level. Uh, Shattuck did a whole podcast about what the globe did to us. It was unethical. They are unethical people over there. And the, we just want to, you know make people aware just how dirty how how they do business like you know you know every aspect of minahan's feelings on this david ortiz story but you don't know that he and his employer virtually hate each other and he might have to start his own business and like well, i don't a i don't weird friendship that you have I, it is i agree he calls me and you know because he's you know he's insane but um I don't listen because it's better. It's better for my, you know, mental health not to listen to everything he says. It does. Wait, I don't think have too. And Jerry, but I would say that there is a shared vendetta in play when it comes to the uh, Red Sox. There's indeed, we have a yeah. few of those shared vendettas that that uh, will always be there, even if we, you know, he'll turn on me again. He'll turn on me again. We'll it'll be done for a while, but. And then he'll call and apologize the way he always does, and we'll talk again. But I would, uh, I would guess that there are equal pangs of joy every time you hear that Entercom stock has plummeted. <laughs> Indeed, uh, Entercom stock, as I said, is worth about the same as a six-month subscription to the Globe, and they're both overpriced. Actually, uh, on that, because I know you're probably trying to wrap up here, what's your thought about uh, Craig Carton coming back to radio? Oh, it's unbelievable. I knew that would hit a nerve with Minahan, too. We talked about that, too, and how, you know. Well, they ran us both out of the building, and now a guy who ripped off everybody for millions. My question, and they're talking about bringing them back because they're so desperate. Their ratings are so bad, and they're putting them, they want to put them in the afternoon, like in Francesca's old slot, and, and maybe they will. And maybe he's contrite and remorseful, but aren't some of the people that he ripped off in the building like coworkers? Because he ripped off friends and uh, co-workers. He tried to rip off uh, Brandon Marshall, I believe. Was it Brandon Marshall? I mean, anyone. He was uh, a gambling addict. 
He was in debt up to his eyes and he was stealing from everybody. I'm going to guess some of those people were in the building. Are they welcoming him back? Are welping, welcoming him back? And what happens the first day when there's a story about some athlete, you know, committing crimes or going to prison? Is he going to uh, criticize him for being a, you know, whatever, a degenerate gambler, drug addict, whatever, uh, after what he did to people? It's typical. And I'm not surprised that the com is run by good, good liberals, good moon bats. They don't think of the victims. They never think of the victims. I mean, there were real victims, people who he stole from. Are they even considered when they bring when they think about bringing him back and putting him on the air? Are you suggesting that they would bring a disgraced uh, speaker of the House of Massachusetts in as <laughs> Jerry or uh, you mean Fallon Finner and my old friend? I kind of like Finner, and he was a very nice personable guy, guy but. Yeah. Uh, I don't see the old type of politician backslapping, makes you feel good about being one of the guys. But what did they also bring in? They brought the guy from um, Survivor in. They, they, yeah, Richard Hatch. Yeah. To, he was a great guy, too. I'd see him every day. We would get out of our cars and walk from the garage, and a town car would pull yeah. up, like a black town car, and the guy would like open the door, and Richard Hatch would get out. They made a deal with him. It's how stupid the people I worked for were. They, they, made, they paid him real money, good money. And they, he lived in Rhode Island, and he didn't want to drive to Boston. So they made a deal, and they sent a car for him every day, a town car to pick up Richard Hatch. And it worked for, you know, six months, and it flamed out, as you'd expect. Yeah. I'd see him every morning in the in the men's room or at the coffee room, and, and he would he would be real nice. And I, I liked him. I don't know how he was on the air. He was my competition, but he was very personal. And then I personable. Then I found out he was making his son, you know, run gassers at four in the morning, and he kind of got investigated for abuse. <laughs> <laughs> what happened one more, to him? He just kind of disappeared. One more quick anecdote about uh, Intercom uh, hiring. The guy who was doing the web stuff in 2004 for Intercom, um, he went missing. And so they brought me in to do the web stuff for him, which is how I kind of got in there. Oh, really? That, that guy who was doing all the web stuff for the talk station at the time murdered his wife and is in jail. And that's oh, what you mean, Tom Likas? No, 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 no. Name, uh, he was from Waltham. You can Google it. He poisoned his Tom, wife. Tom Likas was the, he's a syndicator. I think he might still be a syndicator, kind of a well-known talk show host. Yeah. And he, he was the reason the Intercom Christmas party came to an end because after uh, a night of uh, debauchery at the Intercom Christmas party, he went home and bashed his wife head in, into the fireplace or something. It was, it was wild. Oh, he was a, and uh, the next year we had like one drink ticket each to go to the Christmas party, but and uh, it was all it was all his fault. I forget the, the all the details, but it was it was ugly. He was kind of a big deal too, a big name. But yeah, it was a camp oh, that's right. all that's all going in the book. Somebody's going to write. Maybe right. uh, maybe Dino's down in Florida right now working on the book. He <laughs> he would know. Uh, but anyway, uh, you can learn more about that stuff on the uh, the Burn Barrel. That's Tom Shattuck's podcast. Uh, what was your last one uh, about? Uh, just- last night we talked about. Um- all the craziness happening with the unraveled culture stuff. And, um, and we hit on the, um, Bubba Wallace. Or I did. Bubba, Bubba Wallace is a great story because as we played and I retweeted it, um, that montage of the media just reveling in this, enjoying this, hoping that they would find this, you know, this secret Klansman embedded in NASCAR, you know, that was hanging nooses and, and they were just hoping and it didn't happen. And they're so disappointed. And now they're all going to run with this narrative that there really was a noose. Yeah, it was a noose. Uh, but 
uh, I'm going to, uh, we'll do it again tomorrow because it's not going away. I Here's what I want to see if you want to up for tomorrow night, Shattuck. It's 7 o'clock. you got plans Thursday night at 7. Um, there's a plan in D.C. They've already tweeted it out. The Antifa guys have tweeted it out. At 7 p.m., they're all going to meet at the Abe Lincoln statue and tear it down. You know, okay. so they're they're organized and they're you have to be prompt when we're uh, vandalizing, you know, the greatest civil rights leader of all time. When we're tearing down his statue, we have to be prompt. Now, I, I'm not sure if the cops are aware of this, if they've seen the tweet, but I assume they're going to show up at 7 p.m. in whatever park that is in D.C., that statue, which is much like the statue in Boston, where Lincoln is helping a, a freed slave get off his knees. It's, you know, it's, it's kind of metaphorical, you know, here he is freeing the slaves, freeing them, get up and go free. It's been there for, uh, I don't know, 80 years or something. It was paid for by like the one in Boston paid for by freed slaves. It Mm -hmm. is a depiction of the greatest civil rights leader, the greatest president ever helping free the slaves. They're tearing that sucker down. What if, what if freed slaves know about slavery? No, yeah. <laughs> it's white middle-class uh, gender and race studies uh, graduates who know the truth about slavery in 2020. This is the year of the realization. Freed, freed slaves know nothing. There was a guy, a guy on Tucker, I think he's a Daily Caller uh, correspondent, and he was there and he said there was a woman, a black woman, I think she was a teacher or a professor trying to explain that the meaning of the statue and how they can't, shouldn't desecrate it. The kids go on field trips and learn about Lincoln and they shouted her down and told her to get lost. They have some vandalizing to do and they're going to do it tomorrow night at 7 PM. I think the country is ready for um, a little tear gas. I don't know about you, a little tear gas. I'm ready for a little tear, whatever it takes, protect that statue, protect federal property, protect our history, Mm -hmm. good, bad, or indifferent. If you want to bring down a statue, go to the town meeting, put a referendum question on the ballot. Enough of letting these vandals right. have their way. I right. think uh, I think maybe tomorrow night's where it all changes. Maybe that's a turning point. Hopefully. Right. If you're the guy in the Oval Office and your opponent's beating you, you know, by 20 points anyway, maybe now's the time to do the right thing and restore a little law and order uh, nationally, Mr. Trump. Well, well I, I, think you, I think you're on to something. He just tweeted – Law and order in capital letters, exclamation point. Wow. He means business now, Shattuck. Law and order, capital letters, exclamation point. Didn't spell all those words correctly, but he tried. You know, he means business. But we'll see. Maybe it'll be a turning point. Hopefully they save that statue uh, because this has gone on long enough. And so is this. Shattuck, thanks for uh Thanks for coming on again. Back to back performances. Uh, you can listen to Shattuck. Uh, you can read him in the Lowell Sun and hear his podcast called The Burn Barrel in all the usual places. Uh, thanks to uh, Shake Concrete Allied Paving, DCU, Birch Gold, and um, Flagship Wealth. And thanks to thanks to Colonnade. Good job. Thanks to uh, more than anyone. Thanks to uh, Bubba Smollett for, for, for providing plenty of material. Um, I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Podcast, and we'll uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. Why am I stopping? You, no one else stops. I don't. 
I, can I go home? The Jerry Callahan Podcast. At Zenni, you get the same quality frame and lens options that you'd get from an optician for one-tenth of the price, including blue blockers, progressives, prescription sunglasses, and more. The best part? Try on any frame, anywhere, with our 3D virtual try-on. Zenni.com. Eyewear for everyone. And we're back with breaking news. The new Coke Zero Sugar might be the best Coke ever. That's right, Jim. With an improved taste and zero calories, make sure... Jim. Ooh, yes. This tastes like the best Coke ever to me. We're on the air. I need to try it first. Con cero azúcar y ahora mucho más rica. ¿Será que la nueva Coca-Cola Zero Sugar es la mejor de todas? Descúbrela. New hot and iced sunrise batch coffee from Dunkin'. A bright and balanced, full-bodied blend, brewed so you can get summering from sunrise to sunset. And even after that, because that's when you can show off those string lights you hung in the backyard. Or rehung. Enjoy a medium, hotter, iced sunrise batch coffee for $2. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Exclusions apply.